I think how you live in a space is what makes a space magical, how it supports you, how it helps you grow. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode, we're sitting down with designer, artist, and best-selling author Justina Blakeney, founder and director of Jungalo. She's known for her signature bohemian style. We're talking bold color, mixed patterns, unique vintage finds, luscious plants. She's got it all, and she's going to teach us the tricks to discovering your own unique style. She'll reveal what design tips she loves and how to break all the rules. Okay, interior design. First of all, I have to say, I love interior design. I will just totally admit it. I think most people know this about me. I'm a very colorful person, though, so I have some very specific opinions about interiors, <laughs> and I almost got divorced over it when I bought my first house. But, Ange, I want to hear what your background is with interior design. So I definitely have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with it. I love it because I love nesting and creating my home and, and sort of treating my apartment or house or whatever as a blank canvas. But then I also feel this immense amount of pressure to get it right. But it's funny because I went from a city apartment where I just made it totally insane colorful. Every single room was a different color, like art everywhere, just sort of plastered. And then I moved to the country, to the suburbs and, you know, have bigger windows. And I actually haven't painted any of the rooms. I've only added like one colorful stripe in the downstairs room because I actually needed to reset my eyeballs, I feel like, because <laughs> yeah, I had just been surrounded sure. by color. Yeah. I mean, I grew up painting my room all the time, redecorating my room. I like sewed my own bedspreads to match my wall paint. Like it was really over the top. But my problem is ever since I was a little girl, I've never lived alone. So I went straight from high school to college. I always had roommates. I met my now husband in college. We moved in together very shortly after college. And I've always had to sort of like appease other people. And that's been really annoying. I feel like I need a she shed <laughs> for my backyard just Seriously. so I can decorate it with like true Brit flair. Although when I did have my kids, I told my husband, like, you back off, like I'm doing the room. <laughs> and I went full rainbow. They both love all colors to this day. I really think I like incepted them from that's birth. Awesome. So. <laughs> it is actually true. But that's kind of why I love Justina. You know, she has such an eclectic flair, but she also can sort of satisfy the naturalist in many people. You know, I don't think you have to do it up so much, although the three of us, you, me, and her, all love doing it up yes, so much. So yes, we can go really crazy or we can tame it, right? Yeah. I feel like when I saw when I saw Justina's work for the first time, I was like, oh, that's what I want. Like that's my style. I identified with it so closely, just like as many patterns as possible, but still 
calming and zen-like. So yeah, I'm so excited to talk to her. She is the professional. I am so thrilled to welcome today's guest designer, Justina Vlakeney, who is here to teach us all something new about interior design. Welcome, Justina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. You know, we're such huge fans of yours. We've done so many things together over the years. And I think a lot of people probably know you from the items that you have at a lot of different retailers. I'm talking about Target, Anthropology, One King's Lane. I think I saw a Keds collection recently. <laughs> but for those that aren't familiar with you, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and your brand? I'm kind of a creative Jill of all trades. And I first started my business. It actually wasn't a business at all. It was a blog and just a way to kind of chronicle my creative adventures. Ever since I was a kid, I just gravitated towards color, towards pattern, plants, vintage, textiles. That was just a big part of who I was growing up and who I am today. And I feel like at the time that I started my blog, which was about 11 years ago, there just weren't that many designers putting their stuff out there online that kind of had this more maximal style. What started to happen with the blog is that my style just, it caught a lot of people's attention because it was so different from what was really popular and trending at that time, which was, you know, a lot of like hyper-modern, very minimal, a lot of stark black and white, a lot of mid-century modern, but like a specific kind of genre of mid-century modern that was a little more aesthetic. When my blog started to take off, it was a time where also all these visual platforms were starting to take off as well online. So Pinterest and then Instagram. And I really think it was the color and the amount of plant life that I use in my work that really just caught people's attention because there was sort of a sea of white. And then all of a sudden it was like, bam, chicka, bow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Justina. <laughs> and uh, there she is. And and, and, you know, one of the things people started to tell me right away was like, you know, I can recognize your work without knowing that it's yours, sort of when I see it scrolling on, on my Pinterest feed or on my Instagram feed. And that was something that it kind of reminded me of music. It's pretty awesome when you hear someone's song on the radio. Maybe you've never heard the song before, but you can recognize the singer or the the songwriter or something. And, and that's how I started to feel about my style. So... I was like, well, this is this is actually a powerful thing if I can kind of be recognizable without having my name on it. And so I really honed in on that. Now from the blog, we have a full design studio and online shop and a brand that, as you mentioned, you can find it all over the world. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild and amazing. And amazing. And amazing. <laughs> Let's throw it back a little bit further and talk about what originally got you into art and design. Um, I know you've said your parents really encouraged you to be creative growing up. So talk to us more about where that passion started. I've always kind of been this way. I knew I was going to be an artist of of some kind since I was very, very small. I just didn't really know exactly how I was going to make a living doing it or or what form it would take. But, you know, I've always loved like paint and draw and collage. I was like a scrapbooker, you know, just like very kind of into, oh, yes. my, into my magazines, into everything visual. And as a teenager, you know, 
I grew up in Berkeley, California. And so me and, and my sister, Faith, who also is a designer, we used to spend so many afternoons at like Salvation Army and all the kind of secondhand stores we would shop, find cool vintage stuff, cut it up, change it, switch it up, and then take it to Wasteland on Telegraph Avenue and sell our creations. And it was like, we've always had a little bit of like an entrepreneurial spirit, really relying on my creativity and my eye and my charm <laughs> to yes. be able to sell through different ideas, different things. And so, yeah, I've always been really scrappy and had parents who really did encourage our our creativity and sort of this idea, I think, that stuff can be manipulated, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. they, they weren't precious about things like furniture. We had agency over our own spaces growing up, so we could do whatever we wanted in our rooms. They let me paint murals on my walls. They let us pick out our own furniture. They let us, like, move our furniture around. They were just cool with us kind of just being creative and, and doing our thing. So I know that there are different types of design, right, uh, when we talk about interior design. And to your point, there's there's contemporary, there's mid-century, there's what <laughs> Joanna Gaines has created her own realm of design, like modern farmhouse, I don't know, shiplap design, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but what form of design would you say that you live in? And were you always interested in that? You know, I think you get a lot of maybe maximalist or boho or I don't know, how would you define it? Yeah, I, I think it shifts and changes a little bit kind of depending on on what my mood. But I think, yeah, boho sort of encompasses, I think, a lot of how I think about my style and the way I think about boho and the way I think it's defined today is really it's about creativity and it's about embracing a style that is not prescriptive and that has no rules and that just allows you to do your thing. It's sort of in my mind, kind of like the style that can be anything. <laughs> I think there can be so many different approaches to a boho look. For me, it's about surrounding myself with things that make me smile, make me laugh, that I gravitate towards, that remind me of someone that I love or something that I love to do. It's it's really about expressing my own tastes and creativity in a way that's unique to me. And so that's why I think it's a little tricky to put kind of an umbrella over what exactly the style is, because I'm a growing, evolving human. Mm -hmm. I like to allow myself that liberty and that freedom. And so being so prescriptive about, oh, I'm a mid-century modern style or, you know, I'm industrial chic or whatever it is, it just doesn't allow me to, um, to grow. I totally agree with that. And I feel like obviously the internet's amazing and I love all the inspiration that I can see. But then I do sometimes feel like I myself and I see others feel like they need to pigeonhole themselves into one type of design. Like, OK, if I'm going to have, you know, like these macrame dip dye wall hangings in here, then I can't have this other thing or whatever. I'm just looking in my own bedroom to reference. <laughs> but obviously, a lot of people struggle when trying to nail down their own design aesthetic. And I think a lot of creative folks feel pressure, right? Where's the best place to start when you're trying to figure out your own style? For me, I, I sort of have this moment where I can kind of point my finger on when I realized the things that I feel that kind of make up my aesthetic. And it was a specific thing that I was like, oh, that's it. And 
I was actually on Pinterest at the time, and this is years ago, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago. And and I remember zooming out of my board that's called Pinteriors, which just had like anything on it that I thought was cool in the interior world. I would pin to Wait, that board. Pinteriors is an amazing word. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is the first time I've heard that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brent, did you trademark that? No, Pinteriors. <laughs> I don't. I am. So I was looking at my Pinteriors board and I and I zoomed way out. And then I sort of saw, you know, a hundred different pins all at once that over the last, you know, couple years or whatever I had pinned to this board. And I tried to figure out what it was that those things all had in common. What did the what was sort of the common denominator um, between all these different rooms that for whatever reason I gravitated towards? And I just noticed the common thread of color pattern and plants. And when I honed in on that, I was like, oh, wow, pretty much all these rooms have, you know, are they feel colorful. They feel like they've got, you know, different elements with lots of pattern and contrasting patterns. And then they all have plant life in them. And so for me, it was like a little bit of this aha moment where it was like, okay, the interiors that I gravitate towards tend to have those things in them. So that's, I think, one easy kind of hack to sort of figure out like, oh, what mm-hmm. what is my style? You can look on your Instagram saved images or your Pinterest boards or wherever it is. You Maybe it's, it's an analog magazine tear kind of situation and say, mm-hmm. what do all these things have in common? Do they all have big windows? Do they all have lots of black and white? Do they all have shiplap? Do they all have hardwood floors? Like hone in on a few things that all those images have in common. And then you can say, oh, wow, I didn't realize this before, but I really love high ceilings and garden windows or or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. that you see. And I think from there, you can kind of start building on that. But it really does have to do with your own inclinations and experience and your relationship to the world. (laughs) So I have a question. How much of an interior design project is based on your style versus the home itself? I think we are so like way too focused on like what's supposed to be. And I just really reject that. For me, it has so much more to do with what will make me thrive in this space. How does my family want to use this space? What will make us have a good experience while we're here? What will make us smile? What will help facilitate the activities we want to do in this space? What are we seeing outside? What are the colors? What you need to do is figure out how to make you and your family smile and connect and and do the things that you want it to do for you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Justina, we'd love for you to teach everyone how they can master their style in their own home. So one of the first things you like to talk about is to focus on the functionality of a room. Talk to us about why function is so important in design. I think how you live in a space is what makes a space magical, how it supports you, how it helps you grow. So again, thinking about the activities that you want to facilitate in that room to me is like the first jumping off place. So you say like, I want to read in here. I want to make jewelry in here. I want to do puzzles in here. I'm going to homeschool my kids from here. I want to have lots of sex in here. I want to have an indoor garden in here. What do you want these different spaces to help you do? So that's what I like to to ask myself or to have clients ask themselves when it's like a time to get a space together, right? Like, what do you want to do in here? Because that's going to completely affect the way that the space is designed. You know, are you that kind of cook who loves having lots of different tools and accessories to to kind of make your gourmet stuff or are you like kind of an order in kind of person and the more it's more important for you to have like a nice place to dine than it is you know so really understanding how you want to use your home is the very first thing to understand when you're designing it the rest of the stuff the more aesthetic decisions and and all that that's the fun that's the flourish that's the that's putting on a cool outfit, right? It's like the the underneath, the, the function stuff, that's like the daily workouts, right? So then you feel good when you put on your dope outfit. Going back to sort of the functionality of the room, I know in my home, we recently like moved a couch in the middle of the room, right? We have this huge open space where we have a dining room, living room, kid area where there's just like a toy explosion. <laughs> and recently we were like, let's just put this one couch in the middle of the room so that that side is the grown-up living room, and this mm. side is, like, the kid explosion, right? Yes. Because I love having, like, I want my kids to have access to everything. I don't want to close it up. Deciding how to arrange furniture in a room can be so difficult because I think, you know, you get used to something. You want it to be open. You want it to be a certain way, and you don't always yes. think about functionality. And yeah. I know you have a cool way that people can experiment with this. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think when I first started doing interior design and going into people's homes, I was also sort of stuck a little bit in that mentality of like, when somebody designed this house, there was a place that they were thinking that this sofa would live. And mm -hmm. there was a place that they were thinking the bed would live in the, you know, the primary bedroom, et cetera, et cetera. And so it took me doing a few different places to realize that like, I don't actually have to follow <laughs> those prescriptions and that those might not be the best prescriptions for the way that the person is currently living in their space. And so I just really always like to encourage people to try and move their furniture around. Even trying out things that you are sort of in your mind, 100% sure are not going to work. It's still really important. So one of the things that I like to suggest folks do is sort of rotate all the furniture in a given room onto each wall. And when you do it, you kind of pause, you reflect, you take photos with your phone, whatever. You kind of take a second to look and see. Now, chances are, those configurations aren't going to be the right configurations. But you just never know what you're going to learn from doing it. Maybe you learn that, you know, while you're moving it, 
like you did, you moved the sofa to the center of the room. I think people oftentimes want to put furniture on the walls. It feels safer to kind of have everything pushed against a wall for some reason, but something can change the flow of the entire home by all of a sudden creating a new hallway. If you move a sofa away from a wall, you can direct the flow of traffic in your home in a different way. You can remove obstacles that might be getting in the way of whatever activities you're having. So I find that even, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty imaginative person, but it's different when you actually take the time to move your furniture to see what learnings you can take away from that than just imagining it. And there are like VR things now that that you can do, but I still, I actually find that physically moving things around in your home, you might not leave it like that, but I guarantee you, you'll take something away. Maybe it's moving something into a different room, or maybe it's just that, yeah, you, you realize that your sofa looks better a little bit away from the wall, but you just have to try it. And I think with home design, for some reason, people get really intimidated about doing mm-hmm. things like moving furniture or painting walls. It feels like this sort of like epic project. <laughs> and I just would say that allocate a weekend to just trying different things out. It it does not. Add, I mean, it 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 can be a little whatever. Moving furniture, it's it's physically taxing or whatever. But it's it's not that big a deal. You can just move your furniture around. Take the opportunity to vacuum under that sofa. Yeah, you know, you count can it as your app- workout. Yeah, count it as your workout. <laughs> do what you got to do. But I really think that experimenting is a really undervalued exercise you know, where you're just experimenting, not because you are sure you're going to find a better configuration, but just for the sake of experimenting and seeing what you do discover. I think it's, I think it's really important. I feel like that's life advice. I know. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think we should all just experiment We all need to experiment, move things around. So I do this in my house a lot. I hadn't like thought about it really as a thing. My husband's like, that looks so weird there. And I'm like, let's just try it on, sleep on it, or like, you know, go somewhere and come back to the room and see how the room feels when we enter it with this like new thing in it. Yeah. Justina, your next tip is to create contrast. So something that really makes your style stand out. And I know you have such an eye for mixing patterns and textures and old and new. How can everyone else start to play with this? Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny because mixing is so personal. And because I have kind of the blogger mentality when it comes to kind of sharing, I really like to try and break things down to make them digestible and and easy for, for people to implement. But I also sometimes think that um, (laughs) things are so personal that it's sort of hard to say this is what's going to make this look good and and this isn't. I will say there are a few hard and fast rules or not rules, but just like guidelines that might help if you're feeling super insecure about it. And um, and that is, as you mentioned, it's this idea of contrast. So you can think about colors and patterns And think about when you mix them, mixing really different things together. So um, let's say you've got one pattern that's got really humongous leaves on it and they're green and white. Um, So I do think it's important to sort of think about your color palette and your color story and and work within that, you know, pick two or three colors that you kind of want to highlight. 
But then again, allow yourself to play and focus in on the contrast. So with pattern mixing, oftentimes contrasting larger patterns with itty bitty patterns can help the room feel a little less chaotic, especially if they are playing within the same color family. The reason why this is, is that oftentimes large patterns can feel really bold and have a high contrast in and of themselves. Whereas smaller patterns, your eye does that thing where it kind of blends the patterns together and it can read as sort of one all over or one solid color. So it is about contrasting different scale of patterns and then working within the same color family. And then lastly, I would say thinking a lot about how your colors work together can also help. So you've got analogous colors, which are, you know, colors that are sort of more similar to one another versus colors that are going to play against each other. And so making sure to, you know, pick your colors intentionally so that you've got some that are working together and not too many that are working against each other can also help create a dynamic space, but have your palette feel a little bit more cohesive. And also it's just practice and and playing and getting mm -hmm. to know what you like and what you gravitate towards. So like I said, I can say like, oh, mix skills and contrast colors and do this and do that. But at the end of the day, Joseph Frank, who's one of my favorite designers, said, I'm going to botch this, but it was something like, you know, pick things that you love, put them together, and they'll blend together in a seamless whole. And, and I find that that's true as well. And sometimes I walk into a place or see photos of a room or something, and there's so much going on, and there's different rug contrasts with the upholstery and different wallpaper and all these things. And I'm like, this is really wild <laughs> and really crazy. But also, if that's what that person loves who's living in that house, like, great. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's wonderful. So I, I don't like these rules <laughs> because different things work for different people. But for me, those are the kinds of things that I do think about when I'm mixing colors and patterns together. So let's take a beat to talk about color because I think people get really nervous. Like you even mentioned, like they think painting a wall is this epic project. How do you suggest someone starts to pick out a palette? I know you've talked about connecting color with mood or feelings or nostalgia. So let's dive a little bit more into color. I like to tell this story. When we redid our primary bathroom, I was thinking a lot about how I wanted to feel in that space and what I wanted that space to do for me. And so when we were picking out tile, which is like one of my favorite things to do, there are so many different color options. I just thought, well, how do I want to feel in here? And I just closed my eyes and, and I just tried to think about the time that I felt the most refreshed and renewed. And the immediate image that came up in my mind was a recent trip that we had taken to Lake Tahoe, where we were out on the lake in a boat and I just, you know, threw my clothes off and jumped into the lake and it was really cold and really like clean and fresh. And the color of that blue was like infinite. It just felt like this incredible hue. And I just was like, boom, that's the color I want 
for the bathroom. So we ended up going with this really, really deep blue. I think it was Adriatic Sea was the name of the color tile of the fire clay tile. It just is extreme. This is going to sound silly, but it's extremely blue. <laughs> but it's just like the, a true, true blue. And um, the, t- the finish on the tile is shiny. So it gives that same effect of the sun kind of dancing on, on the, the surface of the sea. And it just awakens me but it's also really relaxing. And so that's one of those things that is so magical about color is it's transportative and it can take you somewhere. And so now when I go into that bathroom in the morning, it takes me back to jumping into that lake. And so that's what I try and, you know, talk to folks about color. Color, you know, like so many things that we can have access to, like beautiful smells, and it can take you back in a memory and take you somewhere. Color can do that too. Uh, You just have to be intentional about choosing colors that have that effect on you. Okay, it's time to get to the very important part of this conversation, and I'm talking about plants because I know you love a good plant. Uh, You say to bring the outside in and that a plant can transform a space. I am a newer advocate of inside plants only because I have a lot of windows in my house so I can see a lot of plants outside but <laughs> but now I have all these little friends indoors so can you talk to us about why you love plants and how to use plants in your space yeah so plants are i think the best decorative tool that we can bring in and there's so many wonderful things about plants. It's one of those things that sort of has no downsides in my mind. They are affordable. They are beautiful. They are living creatures that help clean the air. And so you have that beauty of a reciprocal relationship where they give to you and you give to them. And I truly believe that that giving really helps to increase your quality of life, just like caring for someone you love. I think that Bringing plants into the home is so important also because it does connect us with nature. It's an omnipresent reminder that we are part of nature. And I think that it's so easy to forget that these days. We are so connected. We spend most of our waking hours in front of a screen. So how can we connect with nature in our own homes? So for me, this idea of bringing plants in is not the only way to connect with nature indoors, but it's such an easy way to do that and to have that constant reminder of, oh, wait, I am a natural being. I am part of the natural world. I'm connecting with the natural world through caring for this plant. I've got my fingers in the earth, in the soil, water, sunlight. You know, these are the things plants need to thrive. What do I need to thrive? And I've been surprised to see that there are plants that don't require that much care. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there are plants that don't need to be watered every day. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't have a plant. I can't even take care of like a goldfish. But (laughs) I've been surprised. A, you can order them online now, which is Mm -hmm. super cool. They like deliver to your house. There's like teeny tiny ones and then much bigger ones, obviously. And like you can water them like once every seven to 10 days and they'll still thrive inside your house even with, you know, mediocre sunlight. Yeah, and like everything, plants take practice, right? And and you're not going to like 
most likely. You're not, if you're a plant novice, you're not going to necessarily nail it on your first try. And so starting with an easy care plant like a mother-in-law's tongue uh, or a ZZ plant are things that might help you like boost your plant care confidence because they don't need a ton of sunlight. They don't need a ton of water. And, um, and so, yeah, you can start with easy to care for plants. There's so much information online now about how to care for different plants, where your windows are facing. So do you have, you know, west-facing windows? What's the best plant for that? East-facing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just really about getting to know your plants and figuring out the rhythm. Each plant is a little bit different. Each one's going to need something a little bit different. But I really think when you can figure out and catch your stride with houseplants, they pay you back in spades. So it's such an easy and really wonderful wonderful thing you can do to increase your quality of life. We have a lot of plants in the temple house. Um, and my husband is mostly the gardener. Like he takes care of most of the plants, but I curate a lot of the plants. Yes, and I will curator. admit that we probably have like seven ZZ plants because they're so easy to take care of. They look yes. amazing. They're so wild. And yes. we have them, you know, we can have them. There's one next to me at my desk. <laughs> they're basically mm -hmm. in all the little corners that don't quite get enough light. We're like, oh, yes. let's get another ZZ plant. <laughs> I really love ZZ plants as well. And just an easy tip to think about the kind of plants that are easier to care for is that one of the reasons why ZZ plants are easy to care for is because they store water in their leaves. And in fact, their leaves are a little bit fleshy, a little bit waxy. And oftentimes the plants that you will see, like in airports, you'll see a lot of ZZ plants or um, mother-in-law's tongues. These are the plants that are easier to care for. They don't need a ton of light. They thrive indoors. Yeah, ZZ plants are great. Ooh, I love that. Let's talk about natural light, of course. So what are the tricks that you have to create more light in a room? Yes. Light is so important. I can't stress that enough. Uh, whenever I'm looking for a, a place to be, <laughs> I'm like a kitty. I like want to be in those sunny spots. Um, and I, I think that, again, it's just another thing that can connect you with the outdoors. And I think it's really important. So um, if you are currently living in a space that doesn't have a ton of natural light and you are hoping to increase the natural light, one, and this is like almost too obvious to say, but I also feel like a lot of people don't necessarily do this who could. But if you do own your own home or if you're able to add windows or skylights, it's like not that expensive of a change and it can completely change the vibe of, of your place. So I'll say that and put that in a parenthesis. You know, there's a lot of renters out there as well who are looking for good tips. So first tip, clean your windows. Stupid tip. But an easy tip, just in general, the amount of buildup that can happen on a window, you can increase your natural light by many percentage points <laughs> by just cleaning your windows. So that's one obvious one. You could potentially replace uh, window coverings. You could replace doors with glass doors. These are sort of easy ish fixes that can really, really help increase your entire quality of life by having more light. And then the last trick that I would say, which is a great trick for renters, is that think about using mirrors in strategic places. Mirrors help reflect light. They amplify the light in the space. So hanging large mirrors across from windows or glass doors can be an interesting way to help 
amplify the natural light that you already have in your space. Ooh, I'm a good, I'm a fan of all the light. Uh, all the light. Especially with Zoom being, it's yes. <laughs> true, I'm in front of windows right now. <laughs> yes. Sit in front of a window or reflect <laughs> it with a mirror onto your <laughs> face. So there you go, guys, two tips in one. Okay, statement pieces. You say you want to create a focal point when you walk into a room. What do you mean by that? So I think sometimes having a focal point is, it, it sort of directs the energy of a space. So you can have, it can be a large art piece. It could be a, a large statement plant. You know, oftentimes it'll be a fireplace or something of that nature, but kind of deciding where you want the eye to go and where you want the energy to kind of culminate in the space can help you direct the look and feel of of the space in general. So that that's one way to think about it if you're kind of if you feel like, you know, I think a lot of people oftentimes um have a lot of little tiny things in their, in their space, right? A little afraid to go big with like a single art piece or something that can be a focal point for the space. So thinking about going big, directing the energy into one area of the room can really help figure out how to frame the rest of the space around that focal point. So Justina, you've told us a lot about your key tips, but now tell us about the major common mistakes most people make? Like, what are the things to absolutely avoid? Um, I've heard things in the past like rug sizes, <laughs> and that's a big one. I think sometimes people don't know about. What else should we avoid when we are designing our interiors? I think wherever there's a rule, there's an instance where that rule has been broken and it totally works. So I, I would just say this, as far as investing in your home, there are definitely places that are worth investing a little bit more. <laughs> you know, I think making sure to have a very, very comfortable bed, a very, very comfortable office chair, harnessing the natural light. If you've got a beautiful view, harnessing that, framing that well. To me, those are like the design crimes. When I see like that a house has an amazing view, but nowhere to sit and enjoy it, right? So I, I think it's way less about like, oh, you put your curtains up wrong and that's a design crime. And way more about just embracing the best parts of your home and, and making sure your home functions for you and making sure it's comfortable and supports your life and your well-being. No design crimes here. <laughs> Just go with the flow, everybody. Everybody chill out. <laughs> I mean, design crimes sounds like a really sort of like low impact show, like the Great British Bake Off. I kind of like it. So speaking of design crimes and do's and don'ts and all that good stuff, we're going to do a quick lightning round for you to give us the scoop, sort of the most common stuff um, that's come up. Should you stick to one wood stain in a room? I would say you don't have to stick to one wood stain in a room. I just want whatever stains are there to be intentional, like to, you thought about it, right? And and you think those these two different stains look dope together, then great. Love it. You should always hang your art at eye level. No, <laughs> that's just not that. No, I mean, yes, you want to be able to like look at your art. But what if you want a gallery wall that goes from the floor to the ceiling? Like just throw out any of these prescriptive things of this is what you need to do. 
And what if you and the person that lives in your house are a foot apart? Eye level. Come on. Fair uh, point. Take the average. Take the average, obviously. No. <laughs> Stick with neutral color furniture for versatility. Yay or nay? No. No. Mm-mm. We could have guessed that one. That's just a no. <laughs> well, also, like, what is neutral? I know. Well, like Great like question. creams and brown tans and yeah, whites and I blacks. Mean, and then you that... throw in some, like, colorful rugs and pillows. Oh, and so yeah. you have your color. No. My my neutral is teal. Yeah, same. My my power color is teal. Our couch is teal. Our dining chairs are teal. Yes. Someday I will come say visit that me. I have a gray couch, but I do it up for real with blankets and pillows. And then it's so fun because during like all the seasons, I just swap those out and it's like instantly redecorated. So, but that's like my vibe. But you can do that with a colorful sofa too. No shade, but you can. <laughs> I like I like it. I mean, the shade is teal. The shade is. Teal. As long as it's teal, because that goes with my holiday colors. So maybe. <laughs> All right. Okay. So before we go, I'd love to talk about some other designers you love. Um, you've been outspoken about the lack of diversity in the home design industry. So what else can we be doing to encourage more diversity in home design? And who are some other diverse designers that you're loving right now? I have a long list <laughs> of super talented friends and um, people I've been following for years who always inspire and delight. Hilton Carter, incredible author, plant dad, and human. Um, Love him for plant tips, but also just his way. Just his way. I just love you, Hilton. You're amazing. Coco Cozy, my friend Colette, she's also here in LA. Her style is very like Mediterranean, very chic, but a little bit down home as well. So I love Colette. She's awesome. Corey Damon Jenkins. Corey is like so dapper. So like I've never seen him not dressed to the nines. Um, he's really, his style is, is, is very traditional, but I absolutely love his use of color. He is such a color master. Shavonda Gardner, longtime homie. Her stories are the absolute best. Follow her stories for incredible, really like down to earth tips, both about life and design. Love Shavonda Gardner. One of her design partners, but an incredible interior designer in her own right is Carmion Hamilton. Carmion is a very, very talented designer. Also, like me, she is obsessed with plants. She is really great with color. Um, Her rooms tend to be a little bit more moody, a lot of like darker colors with the plants as well. Really, really gorgeous. Um, One of my best friends and frequent design partners is DeBito. He has an incredible way with color. He is a vintage vulture. He is everything. Follow DeBito. And Hannah Getachu, she is an incredible textile designer. She has beautiful collections of pillows. Most of them are made in Ethiopia, I believe, um, East Africa. Justina, what is your homework this week for anyone looking to refresh their space? Okay, so clean your space. That's an obvious one. People often think because I'm a maximalist that I don't edit or that I don't get rid of stuff wrong. I am constantly getting rid of stuff. I think it's just really important to clean out the energy in the space. Make sure it's clean. Like I mentioned before, get those windows cleaned. Clean off dead leaves on your plants. You can wipe the dust off your plants with a wet rag. Like just make sure your space is clean. That's going to 
make your space feel so much more refreshed. This is one thing that I did recently. I went through all my makeup, my cosmetics, my refrigerator, like all that stuff got to go. So anything, you know, I do have a tendency to hold on to things like chipped plates or um, <laughs> things that I love, but might be a tiny bit broken with the um, illusion that I'm going to do something with it oh my gosh. or I'm going to fix it or whatever. <laughs> and so taking a deep breath and just, you know, getting rid of that stuff, whatever that means, maybe you're passing it on to someone else or or maybe you're cracking it up and actually making a mosaic out of those broken dishes. Whatever it is, that stuff needs to go. <laughs> it does not spark joy. It, it does Marie, not spark joy. Yes. Our Lighten friend Marie load. says if it's she not sparking it joy, it's got to go. It's not it's the good kind go. of extra. It's the bad it kind yeah, of the extra. the bad kind of extra. <laughs> Justina, thank you so much for chatting with us. Where's the best place people can find out more about you? And can you tell us a little bit about your next project? My new book, it's called Jungalo Decorate Wild, and it's coming out in spring 2021. It's a real labor of love, and I believe that the listing is fresh up um, wherever books are sold. So um, <laughs> that might be, I don't even think there's the picture of the covers up yet, but it's it's just, it's finally feeling real to me because I'm like, the listing is up. Follow me at Justina Blakeney on Instagram for uh, real-time updates of all the exciting things we do have going on that I am allowed to talk about. <laughs> and I'm also always at The Jungalo, which is my brand and online shop as well. And we're always offering up lots and lots of tips and a jungalicious adventures that you guys can follow along. I with. love it. You are so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit & Co. Special shout out to my co-host, Ange, who you can find on Instagram at Angelica Temple. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Christine Swore and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.